I may not look like a senior citizen, but I am. I have six grandkids and been married for 42 years. And my oldest child is 40 years old. <laughs> my hair is still black. <laughs> Let's bow our hearts in prayer. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace. And with our hearts bow before you again, we say thank you so much for saving each one of us. Thank you that we are washed in your blood and covered in your righteousness. Thank you for your amazing grace upon each one of us. But, oh God, we know from your word that you have called us for a reason. And we are asking that you open our hearts and our minds as we listen to your word. That your Holy Spirit, oh God, will do a miracle in our lives. And that we will take what we hear and we will put it into action. We will be doers of the word and not just simply hearers. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, last week, I had uh, two of my grandkids over uh, to spend the night. And uh, I have five grandsons and one granddaughter. And my granddaughter, she's a walking dictionary. She does not speak like a six-year-old. Her vocabulary is very, very wide. And uh, as I was putting them to bed at night, I read them the story about how the Bible Society came about, and it's all because of one little girl whose desire was to have the Word of God. And she saved up her money. And this led few men to come together and say, you know, we need to put the Word of God after they saw the hunger of this little girl named Mary. This was in 1804. And as I shared that story with, with her and her brother, as I put them to bed, and we sang, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And I think the entire neighborhood must have heard them singing that beautiful song. But in the morning when they got up, we had breakfast, and she came and she sat in my lap. And we were chatting, we were talking, and uh, because I haven't seen her for two months almost, spending quality time with her for two months. That's because I've been away on mission trips. And as I was telling her what I do overseas, that I go there to tell people about Jesus, she said something to me that really astonishes me. And I hope, as adults, we will learn from this. She just started in a new school. And she says, Grandpa, I told the people at my school that if they want to have a relationship with Jesus, then they need to talk to my grandfather. Six years old. You see, because when she was little, I took her with us when we go out to do outreach. I took her to the University of Toronto and Mississauga campus. And those people who refuse a Bible from me will not refuse it from this three-year-old little girl. When he tell him, it's about Jesus. My oldest grandson, his teacher sent home a note to the parents. And the note asked the 
my my son and his wife to tell my oldest grandson that he is not to speak about Jesus at school and bring Bibles and tracts and distribute it. These are little kids that were doing this because they were eager to tell people and to let them know about Jesus. I want to read to you a few verses from Psalm 142. And from this psalm, it will ask us a very, very important question. Now, the background to this psalm, Psalm 142, David was anointed as king. But Saul was still king at that time. And King King David was on the run because Saul and his bloodhound were after him. And he found himself in this cave. And he was crying out to the Lord. And listen to what he says. When my spirit. Uh, this is Psalm 142 verses 3 and 4. When, you're, when you go home you can read the entire psalm for yourself. When my spirit grow faint within me. It is you who know my ways. In the path where I walk. Men have hidden a snare for me. Now listen to what he says. Look to my right and see. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. And here is King David. All alone in this tomb. In this, in this um, cave. And as he looks around. He sees that nobody is there to help him. No one cares. And this brings us to the title of this message. And the question is, do we care? It was sad and a solemn moment when the psalmist says, I look to my right and see no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. And the question to you and I is this, how much do we care? Do we care? And if we care, how much do we care? We have people all around us each day. People that we work with. People in our neighborhood. People in the apartment building that we live in. Our loved ones who do not know the Lord. The question to you and I is this, how much do we care for them? Think about it. Do we care for them? And if we do, how much do we care? Listen to what the word of God tells us. The word of God gives us a description of these people who do not know Christ as Lord and Savior. In Luke 10, 19, 19, 10, it tells us, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. So the first thing we learn about them is that these Folks are lost. Not only are they lost, they are perishing because John 3.16 tells us, For God so loved this world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. They are perishing. John 3.18 tells us that they are condemned. John 3.36 tells us they are under God's wrath. 2 Corinthians 2 Second uh, Corinthians 4.4 4 tells us 
that they are spiritually blind. Ephesians 2, 1 tells us they are spiritually dead. And Ephesians 2, 12, I'm going to read this last verse here. It tells us that they are without hope. Remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise without hope and without God in this world. So this is a description of the people who we meet every day. Even those of our loved ones, they are without hope, they are condemned, they are under God's wrath. And the question to you and I is this. Do we care for them? And if we do care, how much do we care? Do we care if they die without Christ? Because we know the outcome for one who dies without Christ. When we look at the word of God, we see the word of God tells us that God the Father cares. Think about it. Our Heavenly Father that we were singing about, that we were praising, that we are glorifying, we're exalting today. He cares for the lost. How do we know that the Father cares about the lost souls? We know it because of the revelation he has given to us in his word. Of the loving concern for the salvation of these lost souls. When Adam and Eve sinned, immediately the father came seeking them out. And he promised to send them the Lord Jesus Christ to be their redeemer. How we know this? In Genesis 3.9. But the Lord called out to man, where are you? You remember when Adam and Eve sinned, what they did? They went and hid. But the loving heavenly father went and seeked them out are you like or am I like our heavenly father that we go out and seek out those who are lost to share the good news with them in Genesis 3.15 he tells us I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Do you know that Genesis 3.15 3, is the first promise of a redeemer? Yes. The father cares. And the father cares so much. Listen to what he says in Genesis 3.21. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. You know what he did? To cover their shame, he took innocent life, a life of a, an animal, to procure that skin so they can cover their shame. And this is exactly what our Lord, it's a picture of what our Lord Jesus Christ did for us. The Father cares. And not only does he care that much, listen to what he says in Isaiah 45, 22. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. God is crying out to the lost. But how can they 
know about the Heavenly Father cares for them unless we go and tell them. Isaiah 55 one says, Come all you who are thirsty, come to the water. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. The salvation is free for us. Give him to us. Yes, God the Father cares. But the greatest proof that God the Father cares for the salvation of these lost souls is found in John 3.16. He says, for God so loved this world, what did he do? That he gave his son. He took action. He did something. He did not just say that he loves the world. No. He took action. He gave the best he had to give. And that was his son Jesus. And we know in Galatians 4.4 4, he tells us when the time had fully come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He became sin for us. So, the question come back to you and I is this. We see from all of this that God the Father cares. And the question is, do we care and how much do we care? But if we look further on, it's, we see that the Lord Jesus cares. The word of God tells us. How do we know? We know it because way back in the council chamber of eternity, he voluntarily offered to come and be our savior. Listen to what it says in Psalm 47 and 8. Then I said, here I am, I have come. It is written about me in this scroll. I desire to do your will, O oh my God. Your lie is written in my heart. In the council chamber of God, he willingly offered to come to be our savior. We know it because in the fullness of time, he actually came. First, first Timothy, um, Timothy 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. We know that he came and he gave his all for us. God the Father came, of cares. The Lord Jesus cares. The question again to you and I, do we care? And if we care, how much do we care? The third person that cares, it tells us, is the Holy Spirit cares. Listen to what it says in Revelation twenty-two seventeen. 17. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Let him who hears say, come. Whosoever is thirsty, let him come. Whosoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. This is the last invitation that was extended to us by the Holy Spirit. To come. And in Hebrew 3, 7 and 8, listen to what he says. So, the Holy Spirit says, today... 
If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert. So there is no doubt, according to the word of God, that God the Father cares, the Lord Jesus cares, and the Holy Spirit cares. And the question to you and I, I hope you will never forget this question. That's why I keep repeating it. It is so important. The question for you and I is, do we care? And if we care, how much do we care? But there's other cares beside the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If we read the word of God, it tells us that the saved one, our loved ones who are in heaven, they care. How do we know? There is one verse in particular in our, in our Lord's parable in Luke 15 that tells us that those that do have been redeemed and who are in heaven, in the presence of the angel, they rejoice when one sinner is saved. Listen to what it says in Luke 15, 10. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angel over one sinner who repents. Yes. You know, I just received reports back from Guyana from our last uh, outreach in Guyana. And you will not believe how much rejoicing is going on in heaven. Because Muslims and Hindus are coming to know Christ as Lord and Savior. In Malawi, there is so much rejoicing going on in heaven. Because in Malawi, uh, through the medical university in Malawi... The, those who are studying to become doctors, they spend their spare time going out, doing outreach. And every meeting, there's 20 plus people are coming to know the Lord as Savior. There's lots of rejoicing going on in heaven. But listen to this. The last one in hell cares also. Pay close attention. Because this parable... Have so much implication for each one of us. How do we know that the last one in hell cares? Because our Lord Jesus says in Luke 16, this is a story about um, Lazarus and the rich man. Bo died. The, uh, Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom, and the rich man went to hell. And what happened after that? The rich man, the, the man, the rich man who is in, in, in hell is bargaining with Abraham. He's in agony. He's in pain. He's in anguish. And he says to Father Abraham, as he looked, he can see Abraham. And he says, Father Abraham, send Lazarus. To dip his finger in the water and to come and put it on my tongue because I'm in total agony. And he continued to bargain with Abraham. And listen how important it is that we pay attention to this message. That if we, dear, our folks, our loved ones, our friends, our co-workers are not saved in this life. There is no hope for them in the next. There is no crossing over. There is no praying people out of purgatory. No. There is no such thing. It is here where they have to make the decision. 
And this rich man continued to bargain with Abraham. And listen to what he says. He says, okay, I admit that I'm in agony and I can't get out of here. But can you please send Lazarus back to my family? Because I have five brothers and I do not want them to come here. Read the parable for yourself. Luke 16. You see, he started getting concerned about what? His loved one. So here we have a man in hell who is concerned for his loved one, not wanting his loved one to come to this place of agony. He wants them to have a relationship with Jesus so they will not end up where he is. But Father Abraham said something that I hope you and I will never forget. And what he says to him is that they have the word of God. Let him, let them listen to the word of God. That's how important this Bible that we have in our hands it is. It is. He says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Nothing else will bring people to know Christ but the word of God. When I was a Muslim, I heard, I heard people um, uh, preaching the message. And because I was a Muslim, I thought they were talking nonsense. Until one day, I sat and when I listened to God's word, I realized that I am a sinner and that I need Christ. That's how important the word of God is. Because if somebody go back from the dead, Abraham said to him, that they still will not believe. But they have the word of God. Let them obey, read the word of God. Let them obey the word of God. Listen to what he says. Um... He answered, I beg you, Father Abraham, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Verses 27 and 28 of Luke 16. So how much do we care? We see the Father cares. We see the Lord Jesus cares. We see the Holy Spirit cares. We see our loved ones in heaven cares. We see the last one in hell cares. But who else cares? Andrew cares so much that he went and found Peter. John 1, 40, 42. Philip cares so much that he went and he found Nathaniel. The Samaritan woman cares so much that she went and found her friend and tell her friend, I have found the man who have told me everything about myself. Paul cares so much that he gave up everything to preach the gospel. And on a personal note, I care for the last two. I gave up a very high-paying job in the computer industry. I travel across Canada, Canada, United States, staying in posh hotel, installing computer system. I gave it all up. 
to go reach the Muslims of Pakistan because the word of God says so. The question goes back to you and I is this, do we care? Do we care for our loved ones? Those in our home probably who do not know the Lord. How much time do, you, do we spend in prayer for them? Lifting them up before the Lord. You know in Jude there is a verse. In Jude that says we are to snatch them from the fire. And you know what the word snatch shows? Urgency. It is not next year we are going to tell them. Are we going to invite them for Christmas? No, no, no. Now is the time. Can you imagine your house is on fire and you call the fire department and the, fire, the, the guy who answered the phone says, listen, we are having our coffee and donuts right now. When we finish, we will get there. What happened to your house? Burns down. It shows urgency. It is now. All these people care. And the question go back to you and I. How much do we care? I'm going to try not to be too long and give the full message. But I want to close with this parable. And I hope that you and I will pay, pay close attention to the last parable. It is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Taken from Luke 10, 30 to 37. And the question was asked to our Lord Jesus Christ. Who is my neighbor? And listen to how our Lord Jesus Christ went about answering the question. In reply, Jesus says, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell in the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now pay attention what happens next. A priest happened to be going down the road. And when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So here is a priest. Or you can put priest slash pastor. He knows the word of God. He understands the word of God. He knows what his duty is and was and he was supposed to do. But instead, he looked at the man and he says, good riddance, I hope you feel better. And he passed on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side, he took <laughs> one, right, one passed on the right, the other passed on the left. Both know what the word of God teaches. Both are teachers of the law. You can say they preach God's word. And they just looked and went away. But listen to what happened next. But a Samaritan, now, you got to understand this. The Samaritans are half-brothers to the Jews. But there is no love among them. 
they are looked down upon the Samaritan. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. Isn't that what our Lord Jesus Christ would do? When he looked at the crowd, he had pity on them. He had mercy on them. had compassion. He went to him and bandaged his wound. He did something about it. Pouring oil and, and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey. He's walking. He let the man ride the donkey. Took him to an inn, to an inn and, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. The Samaritan went all out to take care of this man who fell in the hands of the robber. The priest, the pastor, the Levite, they went the other route who knew the word of God. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Our Lord is telling us to go and do likewise. I have given you from God's word a description of those who do not know Christ. They are under God's wrath. They are under God's judgment. They are blind. They are spiritually blind. They are lost. They are without hope. Our Lord Jesus Christ is saying to you from his word. That go and do likewise. Go and share. Tell them that there is a better way. That Jesus is the way. The truth and the life. You know. Coming back to a personal. Personal. Um, uh, sorry, I gave it all up to go reach the last for Christ. I sold everything I had. My home, my car, my furnishing, everything. I gave it to the mission to go and reach the last for Christ in Asia. And you know, in one year, over 2,000 Muslims Give their hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine the rejoicing that was occurring in heaven? And we haven't stopped. We have seven full-time workers in Pakistan. And they go out six days a week. They, I was just talking to them this, this same week here. One of them got into trouble again. Some of you who receive our prayer letter have been praying for them. You know, in Malawi, I told you that um, every meeting, 20 plus people coming to know the Lord. You know what the school did? After the, uh, the medical university found out what these men were, were doing, they sacked the leader from the classes. And some of you were praying for them. These are men who put themselves in danger to go share the good news. 
we do not face that danger. So what is stopping us? I was in Pakistan last year, and at 10.30 at night, a doorbell rang. And the guy came to me, and uh, the brother came to me, and he says, there's a squad load of secret service, Pakistani secret services want to see you. And obviously they thought that the foreigner who is on the site is a Caucasian fellow. They did not realize that the, that the, um, vi the visitor was, <laughs> looks like Pakistani. So they were in for a shot when they saw me because they were, they were told that there is a visitor from Canada here. And not only that, a double shock for them is when I give them my passport and they look at the name Suleiman Muhammad. The, the head guy could not understand what's happening. First, he's looking for a white guy. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Second, he, they're looking for one with the name Johnson or Joseph or or like that, and all of the scene, uh, Suleiman Muhammad. But you would not believe what the outcome was because of that. You see, we have to take every opportunity to share Christ. My granddaughter, six years old, did. My grandson, 11, gonna be 12 years, is sharing Christ in his school. Last Thursday, I was at this Walmart here I took my wife's car to get the snow tire changed. Now listen. They told me when I went there, I made the appointment. They says the tires has arrived. And I went, took the car in, and they says it will take about three hours. I says, listen, I am a senior citizen. Can you bump me up? <laughs> Meaning I will browse around in the shop for about an hour and what's you guys doing? And they says, no, you can't. I says, well, then I promise to give you guys each a gift. If you will do my, my car right now. And they looked at me. They all stepped back looking at me. Are you, this guy's crazy or what? You going to give us a, a yes? I says, yes, I'll give you a gift. I'll give the most valuable gift you ever have. It will change your life. And they're looking at me. They did not believe me. I didn't tell them anything else. I went away. I went back at 4 o'clock with my wife to go get the car. And I walked in with a packet, most of you, you guys who help us, you know, and the packet was a Life of Jesus DVD, been seen by 4.6 billion, over 200 million have given their hearts to the Lord, with a copy of God's word, and a copy of the good news, and I went to the same guys, and I said, you guys did not believe me, that I tell you that I'm gonna give you guys a gift, and I hand each one of them a packet. One guy is from India, one is from Jamaica, and the other one from Pakistan. And I says, if you watch this film and read this Bible, it will change your life. And the guys keep staring at me. They, could, they did not believe that I would bring a gift for them. You know, when I travel in a plane, now with my last name, Mohammed, you would not think a guy with the last name, Mohammed, will help for the cockpit of the plane, do you? If, you, if, you, if your last name is Mohammed and you go to the, you're going to go to the cockpit where the pilots are, what will happen? <laughs> eh? 
yes. But that's the first place I head to. Because they need to know about Jesus. And all those people in the plane need to know about Jesus. My wife and I and our kids, we nobody, we spare nobody. Everybody have to hear about Jesus. And the minute I come out from the plane, everybody that I meet, until I reach the immigration and all the immigration officers and all the officers, all the, I do it here in Toronto also. You know why? Because if we don't tell them, and they die without Christ, they are going to eternal damnation, eternal destruction. Yes. Think about it. We say he is our Lord. We sing the hymns. We read his word. But are we serious about it? Do we really are doers of the word and not just hearers? You see, we will, in the book of Ezekiel, I'll close with this. In the book of Ezekiel, God gave Ezekiel a message to give to the children of Israel. And what Ezekiel did, he was to go and sit by the Kaibai River and did not deliver the message that God Give to him. God came back to him. And he says to Ezekiel. Because you have refused. To deliver the message that I have given to you. You will be accountable for them. Their blood will be on your head. Why do you think he has called you and I? He has called you and I to be his instrument, to be his hands, his eyes, his mouth, his ears, his eyes here on earth. So we must take every opportunity to share Christ with the lost. And if it means giving everything you have, then so be it. Because if you give everything you have, if he calls you and you give it, remember in the book of Malachi, he says, test me and see how I'll throw open the floodgates of heaven and what? Bless you. And he never failed in his promises. We gave it all up to go to Pakistan. We came back and we received everything a hundredfold back. That's why I could retire at age 53. <laughs> yes. And what I do, I do not get paid for. And all the outreach that we do, we are not a mission organization that goes, goes out and raise support. If anybody wants to help us, praise the Lord. But we use our own finances, what God has blessed us with. So, when you go home today, think about it. How much do I care for the loss? And if I care, how much do I care? And what am I going to do about it? Let's bow our hearts and pray.
Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace again. And we are asking in the name of Jesus, our blessed Redeemer, that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts. We are asking that you show open the floodgates of heaven and rain down upon us your wisdom, your discernment, your understanding. That we may be not only listener of your word, but we will be doer of your word. And we are asking that you fill our hearts and our minds and our eyes and our ears with the compassion and the love and the mercy of Jesus. That when we look at our loved ones who do not know you and our co-workers and our neighbors and those throughout this world, that we will do everything within our power to share the good news with them. Help us, for we ask it in Jesus' loving name. Amen. And we are leaving. The, the, um, the parade starts at 1 o'clock. And we can use as much help as we can get to put the word of God into the hands of those who probably do not know the Lord. If you are willing to come and help us, you can walk, come and help us. It's for his glory. And he will be praised and glorified to all of this. Amen. Thank you. <laughs>